Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. We are in the book of Colossians. If you want to turn over to Colossians this morning, last week we were in chapter 2. Paul was warning the church about falling into the false teachings. Remember the rules and, and the hidden wisdom that the Gnostics were trying to convince people that there was more to be learned, but it was a hidden knowledge, right? Um, and Paul said, no, that's, that's not how this works at all. And his desire was to encourage the church. He said that he wanted them to be knit together in love. Colossians 2, 7, remember, said, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. And then at the end of that chapter, verse 23 says, these rules may seem wise because they require strong devotions. In other words, all this stuff that they're telling you you need to do to be a good Christian, it seems like it has a certain pull to it because sometimes we would rather have a to-do list, right? It's much easier to be able to check things off. He said, so it may require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline, but... They provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. So he said, you can, you can go by all these rules and it may even look good, but everything on the outside that you're trying to do, it's not changing you here. It's not making a heart change. So, so how does the heart change? Chapter three today. Paul says, verse one, Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger and rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. 
And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Lord, this is your word, alive and active. And may each person here and online hear the message you have for them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, that's some heavy stuff today. You know, Paul, he always has this way of starting out with good theology. He always wants to set us straight about what the good theology... Theology simply means what you know about God. I always say that because people think when you throw that word around, it's something big and educated. No, every person sitting here today, you have a theology. You have a thought of what you know about God. And so Paul always wants to start with good theology. So he says, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, he's giving us that word phrase that's reminding us of baptism. Remember, we talked about baptism last week, that when we are laid under the water, we are dying to sin. All of our sins are being laid in that grave, and we are raised to new life with Christ. And since you have this new life, he says, then lift your eyes up. You see, we're we're so concentrated on this life, we forget as believers that we need to be lifting our eyes up to the eternal things that really matter. Because everything here will pass away. You can't pack it in a U-Haul and take it with you when you're gone. That was a stinking song lyric, and I don't even know what song that come out of. Somebody, <laughs> I just heard it, I heard a song in my head when I said that. So everything my daughter is going to pack up this week, it will all pass away. It won't be left. Lift your eyes to the eternal things. Paul told us, he said, think about things of heaven, not here. Church, what are your thoughts on? Take captive your thought process. What have you been worried about all week long? What kept you from sleeping good this week? Where's your thoughts? Because he said, you need to lift your thoughts up. He said, your real life is hidden in Christ. There's that word hidden again. Again, Paul is fighting against the Gnostics who are coming in and telling everybody there's this hidden mystery wisdom that they don't know about yet. And he told us last week, no, the mystery is Jesus Christ who's already been revealed. There's nothing hidden about the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, Christ is your life. We say things all the time, um, and I I bet there's t-shirts with this stuff. Ball is life, right? Music is life. Coffee is life. Amen. We say these things all the time without even thinking about it, but I want you to think for just a minute. When we say things like that, what does it mean? It means that my life revolves around this. Whatever this is. Maybe that's show animals. Maybe that's 
basketball, maybe that's music, maybe that's arts, maybe that's Joanna Gaines and, and Chip and, and all of their, you know, whatever your, your passion, your love is, what you're really saying is my life revolves around this. And Paul says, believers, Christ is life. That's what our world revolves around. Now, I'm not saying any of this stuff is bad that I just labeled off. But we still have to be careful how dedicated we become to some things. We have to be careful where all of our passion and focus lies sometimes. Because Paul said, Christ is life. Now, Paul gives us this theology. So he's setting the stage. This is what I want you guys thinking about. If Christ is life, this is where my new life is. Remember some of the other theology he's already given us. Christ is the visible image of an invisible God. Christ is the mysterious plan of God. There's no hidden message. It has already been revealed. And now he says he's the new life that has been created in you. So verse 5, so, which means because of this that I just told you, so, Jesus changes everything. When Christ is your new life, Jesus changes everything. Remember who Paul was for just a second, church. He was a good Jew. He was a Pharisee. He knew God's word front to back, Old Testament. He knew it. He thought he was zealous for it. He was defending God as he was hunting down the followers of Jesus to bring them to their death. All for God. But then he met Jesus on that road. And Christ changes everything. Everything. It flipped his world upside down. People didn't want to believe it at first, remember? <laughs> oh, that, that, that's the guy that's been chasing us. Like, we don't want to, no, I don't want to let him in. But Jesus changed everything in Paul. So put to death, verse 5 says. Can we talk about that for just a moment? Because sometimes we just sort of speed past this stuff we've read before. Let's talk about the death part of this. Put to death. Death is final. Did y'all know that? I mean, like, like, like if, if I stop breathing, I stop breathing like it's done, right? Now, I know, I'm not talking eternal things. Y'all are saying, no, because then you're going to go see Jesus. No, I'm, you know what I mean. Like, when something dies, you know, I just recently lost a dog. He's gone. Like, it's, it's done, right? So put to death. In other words, Paul is saying, I want you to kill your self-centeredness now. You know, this is a radical transformation. Do you know why I fail at losing weight? It's because I think about exercising. Oh, I think about it all the time. I bet on a daily basis I think about it. I, I, I you know, I, I think about too about how I just want to lessen 
you know, I don't, I don't really want to stop eating junk food. I just want to lessen what I eat of it, right? So instead of eating half the package of cookies, if I could just get down to like two cookies, and I do, two cookies at a time, and by the end of the day, it's still half a package. But do you, do you see my problem? I have these really good intentions. I try. I mean, I've even been known to think about exercising so much that I get it planned out. You know, one time I had an app on my phone, had it on there for two months. I finally deleted it because I needed some space and I wasn't using it. (laughs) Paul said, put to death these things. He wasn't asking us to think about it. He wasn't asking us to just see how we could be a little bit better with this. He said, put to death. You know, if I ask all of you today, who wants revival? Who wants change? I bet you'd all say amen. You'd raise your hands. But now I want to quote a song that probably most of you don't know because it's by a guy, NF, and, and, and most of you don't listen to that music. Brittany knows it and maybe Bo knows it. <laughs> but here's some lyrics out of one of his songs that I, I love that's on one of my playlists. It says, everybody wants change. Don't nobody want to change, though. Is that not the church? <laughs> We think about it. We talk about it. I preach about it. But are we doing it? Tell my kids all the time, knowing and doing two different things. And he said, put to death these sinful earthly things that are lurking within you. In other words, have nothing to do with these things. What were these things? Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. It runs rampant. And you see, actually the sexual immorality, when we think about this, do you know it's kind of more of a new thing that got dealt with in the new church? Because you can read, okay, Bible reading plan people, when we're going through Old Testament, do y'all ever think, well, dude, no wonder you got problems. You got 17 wives and... 50 kids and like, duh. And you thought this was going to work well, how? You know? My husband will tell you he can't keep up with one wife. (laughs) Careful. I'm going on vacation this week. I cannot do marriage counseling. So men, okay? So what happened, though, when you come into the New... Do y'all ever notice that when you're reading Old Testament versus New Testament, how we went from like a hundred wives down to, whoo, I got one, and that's plenty. Hmm. And then Paul, he's even like, you don't even want to mess with those women. Like, women drive me nuts, right? What happened? Because they began to realize God had a plan, by the way, for sexuality. You can go back to Genesis 124, and you can see what God created. And he said, this is why a man and a woman will come together and become one. There was an original plan, and somewhere right after that, it just all went crazy. And so so this was actually something that became a, a new thought process, I guess you could say, in this New Testament, okay? That we're still living with today. Get rid of sexual immorality. In other words... That can incorporate a lot of things and trigger a lot of discussions in here on what it means. 
Let's go back to Genesis 1.24. Find the original purpose, the original plan. That's what God intends. Husband and wife is what God intended. And then he talks about other things, the lust and the, the impurities, our evil desires. So there's a whole, you know, we, that's a whole nother sermon that we could just take off on all day. He says, have nothing to do with this stuff. Put it to death. Pornography is a huge problem in this world. And our little cell phones have only made that worse. And it's not just a guy problem, just so y'all know. It's it's females as well as males anymore. Get rid of this stuff. Let it die. He goes on, he says, don't be greedy. Now, when he's talking about greed, he's talking about that desire that you just got to have more. You're never satisfied. You're never content. You're always looking at what that person has. Right? You know, I'm going on vacation, and I know that some people will say, oh, I wish I could do that. Let me tell you, we haven't always done this. I I actually had a conversation with someone this week, and they said, man, I wish I could do that. I said, look, this is actually a huge splurge for me and my husband that we never get to do on a regular basis. God just has blessed us in this moment. But when I was young like you, I was talking to a younger person, we didn't do this. But see, we, we get so focused because we're looking at social media and we think that life looks good. I'm going to have some pretty good, maybe I should, maybe I should really try hard to post real pictures this week of like, you know, when we're screaming at each other, driving down, no, you missed your turn. What are you doing? You know, because let me tell you, it ain't going to be pretty. He's taking his Garmin. I have my GPS in my car and I'm going to have my phone. So you got three directions and I'm still going to be telling them what to do. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. It ain't always pretty. Somewhere in between uh, those pictures, there's a lot of stuff people doesn't see, right? So even greed can incorporate when we're looking at somebody's life, coveting what they have. Instead of, let's look at the, the heavenly realm of things and what we're blessed with. So your vacation looks different than my vacation. Be blessed. A staycation sometimes is the best vacation. When you just tune out the world, put a phone down. So don't get greedy of things of this world. These are things you used to do, Paul said. So these are things we did before Christ. Before Jesus changed everything in you. Verse 8, he said, now it's time to get rid of. Y'all better buckle up because this is going to get nasty. He fixing to get in your business. He said, now it's time to get rid of. Those, the things that we just talked about, those are things we kind of participate in that's around us in the world and always tempting us. He's getting in the business now. He's getting into your personal space of things that are in your heart and your head. And he says, you got to get rid of this anger and rage. These are two very similar things, but different. So anger can sit in us and simmer. Somebody just irritated us and then we just simmer it. Rage is that anger that just, you hit me at the wrong time, wrong place, and boom, I explode on you. 
Paul says, get rid of this stuff. This is not what the church looks like. The malicious behavior, malicious means that there's some evil intent there. Like you're sitting there thinking like, hmm, revenge. Like I'm going to sit here for an hour figuring out what I'm fixing to post on Facebook because that person, hmm, <laughs> malicious behavior. Slander and dirty language and lies. Can I just pause for a second? This is more than dropping an F-bomb, which unfortunately in this day and age is all too common. But this is more than that. You can go through a whole day and never say what we consider curse words and still have the nastiest mouth on you that God ever heard. Because he's talking about our speech to one another. How we talk to people. And you can even not say something and say something. Did you know that? Because here's something to just, a couple of questions that you can ask yourself to know if the things coming out of my mouth are, are good. Remember, he's talking about slander, dirty language, lying to one another. So, Christian speech, three things. Christian speech must be kind. So here's, here's a few questions. Is it kind? Is it true? <laughs> well, that's easy. If that was the only question, I got a lot of things I can tell you. Sometimes I'll say things and Thomas will go, BJ, and I'm just like, it's accurate. It's accurate. <laughs> I did not tell a lie, right? Okay. Is it true? Is it necessary? Oh, they need to know what they did. It's necessary. Is it kind? What'd your mama teach you? If you can't say something nice, don't say something, anything at all, right? So Christian speech must be kind. Doesn't matter if it's true. Doesn't matter if you feel like it's necessary. Is it kind? Next thing, Christian speech must be pure. We have a problem with this these days because I feel like we are so desensitized to things anymore. Somehow social media has given us all this privilege that we can say whatever we want. And, and, it, and I didn't really say it, I just shared the meme, you, but you'll get what I mean, right? Again, I said, you can say things without saying things. So be careful. Make sure what you're, you're saying is pure. Third thing, Christian speech must be true again. Sometimes even silence is a lie, though. Sometimes when we decide, I don't want to speak up. I don't want to say what's really true and pure in this, because then it makes me the target. So I'm just going to scroll by and just forget that one. <laughs> or we see it happening in person and we just walk by. Not my business, not my, not my thing. Is it true? But I'm going to add another one to this because, yes, it, it needs to be kind. It needs to be pure. It needs to be true. Another great um, yardstick to put your words against is Ephesians 4.29. And does it build others up? Are you tearing down or are you building somebody up? Treat others as you want to be treated. And sometimes I think if we just envision somebody telling us the things we tell others, we'd want to take a piece of coal and burn that tongue. 
put to death. Get rid of these things, Paul said. You're removing the old. Did you hear him say that? You're removing the old to put on the new. The problem today, church, is we like to dress in layers. In other words, we like to keep the old a lot of times and still put on that new. Thomas, I'm going to have you come because you're the biggest help. Um, You understand this. Um, This past year, I don't know about you guys, we didn't have dressing rooms, right? How many of you, you went in Walmart or wherever and you just had to slip on? How many of it? I want to know who really is guilty of this. You just slipped on something over top of what you was wearing to see if it fit. Come on, be honest, be honest. Yep, yep. Did that work out really good for you? Like... No, it never does, because then you get, you know, but that's what we do. We, we just slip it on. We want to dress in layers. I mean, do I want Jesus as my Savior? Sure I do. Yeah, I mean, he, he's white, right? Like, yeah, look at me. But man, if I walked outside right now with two sweaters on, plus this shirt underneath the sweaters has long sleeves, Y'all know where I'm going with that, how uncomfortable that is? And see, the problem is, this past year when we were trying on clothes, it, it, it felt like it kind of fit, and then you got home and took off all those layers, didn't you? And you put it on and went, why is this thing so big? Like, I didn't feel that in the store, right? See, Paul said, you got to take off the old to put on the new. I've been purging my closet this past week. And it reminded me that, you know, change doesn't always happen overnight like we want it to, right? As I was going through that closet, I found things that's been in there 10 years because I might need it again someday, right? How many you got half a closet full of clothes like that? Yep. Whether it's I might gain weight or I might lose weight, again, I think about exercise. I think I'm not going to lose weight. And if I do... I deserve a new wardrobe, by golly. That's what I told myself this week and threw that stuff in the garbage bag. So some things come out because they didn't fit anymore. Right? Didn't work anymore. Like, couldn't couldn't suck it up enough. Other things, they fit, but it's just not my style anymore. Like, ugh, that looked frumpy. That... That ain't me anymore. And then again, some old things I was holding on to just in case I needed them, right? I haven't needed them for the past six years. (laughs) There's so much dust on the top part of that hanger, it's pretty obviously I haven't needed that, so let it go, right? Church, the reason he's having to help is my shoulder. (laughs) That's all he's here for. So what Paul is saying, when you become a new person, where are you at? Wait, no, come back. (laughs) You're leaving me hanging. (laughs) He said, when you become a new person in Christ, you took off the old to put on the new. So my question today, what are you not letting go of? Because sometimes we hold on to that old stuff. 
all that anger stuff. That's who I am. That's just me. God created me that way. Well, if his word says get rid of it, it may be ingrained in you. It may be something you learned growing up. You know, one of my biggest things God had to deal and still deals is my mouth. Because, again, I was the baby of the family. I couldn't deal with the bigger, older brother, so I outsmarted them. I outmouthed them is what I did. And that was all fun and cute when I was little. But y'all ever, y'all ever seen that with a little kid where they get away with a lot of things when they're little because it sounds funny and it's all cute, and then all of a sudden they're 12 and it ain't so funny no more? And then we're all, like, disgusted at them. Well, you let them. <laughs> you let them do it, right? So there's these things that Paul says we need to get rid of. You need to purge. You need to let go of it. And you need to become different because Jesus changes everything. Your thoughts, your reactions, your words, everything changes. And then what does it begin to look like? I love verse 11. Verse 11 Y'all know that joke with like beauty queens and they always say, I want world peace. Verse 11 is world peace. Because in this new life with Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised. doesn't matter if you're black, you're white, you're Democrat, you're Republican. It doesn't matter. Christ is all that matters. I don't care how many laws we pass, it won't change racism. Because a law is always directed at a certain people. It helps a certain person. So it doesn't matter how many laws we pass. It doesn't matter how decrees change. It doesn't matter how many executive orders. The only thing that will ever fix racism is Christ Jesus. Because in Christ, we're one. We're one. And that's all that matters. All of our divisions... It's because we forget. We're looking at earthly things and we forget to lift our eyes and remember who we are. We are Christians who follow the same God. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Now, we took off the old things. Paul said, take off these old things and now he's telling us the things to put on. See, some people are scared of Christianity because of what it's going to take away, and they forget it gives you so much more. So he said, take all of the old off, put on the new. He said, you need to have tender-hearted mercy. Remember what mercy is. Mercy is when we don't give somebody what they deserve. So remember a while ago I said, oh, but you know what they did, and mm, I'm going to sit here until I have the perfect thing to pose so that it still sort of sounds nice, but I really know it's not nice because they deserve this. Tenderhearted mercy says, I won't say a word. Kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Have patience. Oh. Right now this culture does not have patience. One, one thing be said wrong and you're canceled. Cancel culture. You're done. Doesn't matter if you said it today. Doesn't matter if you said it 10 years ago. Like, I've actually went back to look at my social media all the way, went through all my Twitter, went through what have I posted because somebody can pull that up and use it against you. 
Because we forgot how to be patient to let... Remember I said that all the changes may not happen overnight? Be patient with people. They're not on the same journey as you are. Stop judging them by where you are. Let God be the judge. Make allowance for each other's faults. Oh, watch your toes. Here I come. Forgive others when they offend you. Why? Because the Lord forgave you. In other words, give people the same grace that you are so thankful you have in your life. When you remember where you were when God found you and how messed up you were. Give others that same grace. But they offended me. Do you know what they said? Yeah. God knows. He knows what hurts you. And, and forgiveness does not mean that you have to be a punching bag to somebody, by the way. Sometimes you do have to make a cut to get toxicity out of your life. But you still have to forgive. Forgiveness happens here. It releases me. It keeps me from having that simmering anger all the time at somebody when I let it go. And please remember, when you forgive somebody, don't bring it back up to them. Don't post it on Facebook again. Don't say, remember when. Oh, I remember when that person. No. Mm -mm. Why? Because you're forgiving as God forgave you. God doesn't remember. Now, I know, we're human. Our our brain doesn't wipe. I wish we had that men in black thing. Boop, boop. Gone. (laughs) Right? We don't have that. So, for us, it has to become a choice. Today, I'm going to put on forgiveness. Today, I'm going to live like Christ has asked me to live. Even if I don't feel like it. (laughs) Even if I'm not ready to do it. There's no better day than today to forgive somebody. And he said, clothe yourself in love because that's what binds us together. I love that. I love when he talked about being bound together and living in perfect harmony. If you know anything about harmony, which I do not. I should have had Brittany teach us about harmony today because I I stink at this. But I do know this much. My voice and your voice may not sound the same. But somehow when you find the harmony together... It can be the most beautiful thing in the world. And it's not because you sound like each other. It's because you found how it fit together. That's what the church is. We're different. I don't know how many people we got. I don't know if Mandy's counted up how many people are here today. But we're all different. But because of our love, because of Jesus Christ, we can live in harmony together. Doesn't mean we always will agree. Doesn't mean that today in the board meeting, everybody has to say yes. In fact, they always give me funny looks because I'm like, are y'all sure? Like, really, give me what you really think. Give me what you really think. They're like, no, this is good. No, give me what you really think. And I, I mean that honestly. I would rather have somebody say no, tell me why, even if they get outvoted. I still want to hear. Why iron sharpens iron? how we stay accountable. Clothe yourself in love 
And let Christ's peace rule your hearts. Do you understand how many times have you said, I just want peace? You're only going to find it through Jesus Christ. Let his peace, his peace says, I got this. His peace says, I already paid the price for that. His peace says, you can forgive that person just like I forgave you. Let his peace rule your hearts. And then finally, verse 17. Please let this be your motto this week. Whatever you do or say. Whatever you do or say. Whatever you do or say. Do it as a representative of Jesus Christ. Is that ingrained in you yet, church? Whatever you do or say. That means everywhere we go this week. With our family. Oh, Lord, I got, I'm going on a nine-hour car trip with my husband. Why did I preach this this week? <laughs> if y'all don't know it, it's tough when a pastor preaches. It is guaranteed we got to walk it this week. <sighs> Maybe I should have skipped down here to what the wives and the husbands are supposed to act like, right? Yeah. Wives, submit to your husband, even when he takes a wrong turn. <laughs> for it is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember that. But husband, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Yes, yes. And children, always obey your parents. Wait a minute, I need to go to children's church. They need to hear that. No. And go find your kids. But but wait, 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 wait. But fathers, do not aggravate your children or they'll become discouraged. Ouch. Wow. That's a tough one. But you see, I didn't preach on that today, but see, you've got to get this first part of the chapter before we can ever talk about what it does to our relationships. Because see, husbands and wives, you can't, you can't be in unity until you take off the old self. Because otherwise, all that rage and anger you're directing at each other, right? You gotta put on the new self. And then guess what? Jesus changes everything. So, you know, this is a scary thought. Everything you thought was everybody else's fault, I want you to go home and see how many layers you might still be wearing under Jesus Christ. Because it just might change everything if you let him have it all. And again, doesn't happen overnight. So maybe you've dealt with the anger and rage. Like, I don't explode at people like I used to most days. Still have to go to the cross sometimes with a little forgiveness. And that's okay. It's okay to not be okay, and it's okay to have bad days. But it's not okay to not acknowledge that and still ask forgiveness. And so maybe you've gotten rid of most of that stuff, but maybe greed today just spoke to your heart. Then let Christ strip that off of you today. 
Just like purging my closet every so often, do a self-check to make sure you didn't hide something in a pocket to hang on to it, right? So some of us, we need to stop living life with layers. Get rid of it. Put it to death. Stop thinking about it. Stop hoping you'll get to it. Drop it at the altar today and be done with it. Take off the old you and put on a new you today. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 40 years. You could still be holding on to some of this stuff. And feel justified and feel okay with it. Well, I've got a handle on it. If you're having to convince yourself this morning, then maybe you don't have a handle on it. Check your layers. Make sure you've taken off the old to put on the new. So that this week, everything you say and everything you do is a representative of Jesus Christ. Stand with me this morning, church. Hmm. Holy Spirit, it's your job to convict today. My job was just to give the word out to present truth. And I don't know where each person is that's here today, but you do. So it's my prayer that you're speaking to their hearts right now. And maybe someone needs to come forward to these altars to lay down some layers, to get rid of things that, as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus Christ, it just doesn't fit anymore. Maybe, maybe it's the tongue. Maybe it's the words. It, it's, it's not a representative of who you are. Maybe it's the, the private thoughts and those things that are happening that we think nobody knows about, but you feel the Spirit nudging right now. He knows. Put it to death. Get rid of it. Now is the time to let Jesus change everything. And I feel like somebody in here, they have kingdom work to do today. They, they don't need to leave this sanctuary until they know that they know. It's time to quit thinking about it. It's time to quit wishing you could be stronger and you need to let Jesus Christ clothe you in something new today. Mm. Speak to their hearts. And as believers, I pray that you'll be brave enough to say yes and amen today. So that when you leave here, you will be a new person, a new creation in Christ. So that everything you say and do this week. Oh, Heavenly Father, we're going to be tested on this. I know it. <laughs> but I pray that your, your spirit will hover so close to the believers this week, Lord, that as, as soon as those words start to fly, the filter will set in. <laughs> that you'll just remind us, nope. That's, that's not how we're going to do this. That, Father, you're going to remind us to give grace this week. Somebody's going to push every button, but guess what? They're not, they're not mature yet in you. They may just be coming to know you. Let us give grace this week so that everything we say and do is a representative of who you are. May they not see us, but Christ all around us. 
Lord, go with us as we have a time of fellowship and and bless this food, bless the ones that prepared it, Lord, and let this just be a time of, of gathering of joy. And then be with the board today as we go about kingdom business, but it is your business. And may our hearts be looking at you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, have a blessed week. Hopefully you'll stay and have a meal with us and have a little cake with Brittany back there. Make sure to give her hugs today and and tell her how much you appreciate this past year of ministry. Go be a blessing to others when you leave. Have a great day. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.